How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. The driver's seat. Well, Johnson's going to fight him all the way up to the line. Who will get there first? Kelly, I reckon. No, Johnson's got it. Three laps to go. Yeah, He's in the The driver's seat. It's redemption day for Daniel Ricciardo. He wins the Monaco Grand Prix. The driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. For Kubota, together we are building Australia. That's right, a double header in far north Queensland. It is cowboy country. Yeehaw. <laughs> That's a very tenuous link there, boys, but uh, I had to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't dive too far into the uh, the musical archives to rip out something with Townsville, but how good, boys. Welcome, by the way. Uh, we're a little bit late, sorry. We're, we're a little bit late. Sorry about that, yeah, guys. sorry about that. Soccer pressed on a little bit, then little birdie pressed on, so we had to kick those guys out of the studio, and now we hit my, my body clock's off. I've never, oh, I've never seen... Matt McKeldin yell at a bunch of riffraff more than that. Mm. Get out of our studio. Get out. Oh, what are you going to do? Get out. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of people want to talk motorsport. Yep. You're just excited to hear the uh, the greyhounds later. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you, we've got we've, dish liquors. We've got All that right. out the way, thank heavens oh, for that. Send it. You'll be ready. Good. Got to remember to put delay on as well. But anyway, <laughs> welcome to the driver's seat. We do it as always. Thanks to our great mates at Kubota Building Australia. As you heard, North Queensland country for the next two weeks. It's going to be brilliant. But guys, it's looking more and more like, like that Bathurst is going to be, that's it, done and dusted. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the internal discussion. Obviously, nothing, formal. nothing confirmed, nothing, nothing confirmed. formal release. But, you know, I mean, let's, let's be honest, boys. These teams have been away from the majority of their families for... Ever, particularly Victorian teams. Um, and let's just get them home. Let's just get Bathurst done. Let us get them home. Let's get them reconnecting with their families, supporting their families, and then we'll just roll into next year and start whenever that starts because mm. uh, massive sacrifice. I actually kind of like the idea of finishing off at Bathurst. It, we always talk about it as our grand final. And I think in the old days it used to be, was it Well, not? it was, yeah, absolutely. I uh, uh, was having a chat with, with my old man, earlier this week, which we might play a little snippet of a bit later. And I actually asked him that. I said, well, well I said to him that the Bathurst was always our grand final and, and the season ended at that. And back then, it wasn't actually part of the championship either. It was yeah. it was part of the endurance. It wasn't a series. It was just the endurance More a standalone time. thing. Standalone thing. Sandown yeah. Bathurst. But before that, the well, before the supercars side of things, it was a Shell Australian Touring Car Championship, which finished at Oran Park, and then it went on yeah, to Sandown and Bathurst. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Bathurst was our grand final, um, and after Bathurst, it, it gave the teams a lot more time to. Oh, get their stuff ready for the next year, you know. And, and at the moment, um, they were always finishing in early December at uh, Newcastle and really back back at it again end of February. So it really didn't give the teams much time to not only do stuff in regard to the cars, but also where the hell do you give employees four weeks off? Yeah. Like, literally, it's yeah, impossible. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot to play here because... 
there are so many people with stakes in the ground here. I mean, let's talk broadcasters. You got Ten, you got Fox, you know, Bathurst Regional Council, all those sorts. All these people are all going to have to work together to be able to make it happen. And uh, you know, I, they've already extended it out. I think to October twenty-four. That's the same day, I believe, as the NRL Grand Final as well. So there's a whole bunch of machinations to continue. A lot of wheels, a lot of cogs in this wheel to make it all happen. But I think that's what's going to happen, Nimsy. Mm. What uh, the extra time I think too is also also gives a chance for some of the Victorian enduro drivers to sort of um, you know if they have to quarantine get up there and quarantine and I did find it funny Steve in, in the chat with your uh, with DJ that um, it was like that's the last thing I would want to do spend two weeks staring at a car park in a hotel <laughs> I feel left out. I haven't heard this yet. You boys, have, it's obviously pre-recorded. Oh, it's on the app. You can... Oh, well, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Some of us have, unlike you two goons, some of us have real jobs. <laughs> I haven't been able to get to the app today. But uh, speaking of apps, Tom, we are now live. Thank you for pointing that out that we weren't on at 8 o'clock tonight. Tom got on our socials and said, hey, boys, where are you? Where are you? I'm mm-hmm. sorry yeah. about that, Tommy, but we're here now. Yeah, 100% there. But, uh, yeah, look, it does look like Bathurst might be uh, pushed back and it looks like it will be the season finale. But uh, if you are wondering who the Victorian co-drivers that are locked down in Victoria, that includes Garth Tander, Michael Caruso, Tony D'Alberto, James Moffat and James Golding and just uh, some of the drivers that are stuck here. So they're pretty heavy hitters. It's not like, you know, Tim Blanchard's stuck here. (laughs) Oh, righto. Oh, oh. poor Tim. Well, probably fair, though, but, you know, Tim is a good co-driver. Uh, no, you're right, and um, and you know they're going to have to get exemptions. They're going to have to quarantine as well. They're going to have to be locked into a hotel at Bathurst somewhere for a couple of weeks. So, you know, further commitment from our guys and girls to uh, mm. to be getting a, a, across to one race. Big mm. commitment, big commitment. But then, but then the Queensland personnel, all of them are yep. going to have to quarantine when coming they come into back. Queensland. Yeah, absolutely. And funnily enough, that's probably the reason where we're going to see for the first time in well, since 1973 that one Dick Johnson won't be at Bathurst. And, and I was going to ask that it, it, because saying what you just said before, is he's, he has no intention of quarantining back here in Queensland. Uh, so yet we, you think we, we, it will be a Bathurst. In fact, you won't be there either. So for the first time since 1973, good year that year I was born, it'll be a Johnsonless Bathurst 1000. That's pretty crazy. It's pretty That's crazy, mad. isn't it? But he did hear on the grapevine that there was bourbons flowing at the McKeldon household. So I think that <laughs> yes. maybe yes. he might turn up on your doorstep. Hel, Hel McKeldon, uh, Mrs. Mack, she has a great habit of getting up, doing the... Oh, she doesn't make me move on a... Ba- if I'm not at Bathurst, <laughs> she does not make me move to do anything. I don't so see you move often She's anyway. on the barbecue. She does the B&Es in the morning. She does she the She does the barbecue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to get off the couch. It's unreal. She's a good woman, that woman. That's why I married her. Happy birthday tomorrow to Helmac. There you go. Mac. Yep. I won't tell you how old because she'll kill me, but it's her birthday. Oh, 21. 20. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say that too. But uh, yeah, look, yeah. Um, one quick one off the text line. When can we expect an answer? Read Bathurst Camping and Spectators. Ask the wrong people. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a hard one, isn't it? I'll uh, tell well, you. There, there's no, there's, I, no, there's no. I don't want to burst the bubble here, but yeah, I I'm it out. feeling a bad feeling that there's yep. not going to be any spectators yep. or camping at Bathurst. I feel the same thing, oh, and that's, that's not based on any information no, we've had. It's just had. a hunch because this is of just the jungle drums yep. we're thinking. So don't take the uh, don't take the broom to your tent and sweep it out just yet for the trip north because I don't think. 
it's going to happen. But we'll see. Hopefully. Would love to be surprised. I would have said yes if if the second wave in Melbourne didn't then have a minor spread to Sydney. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's, there's those those cases in Sydney. So if it wasn't for that, I would say, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be spectators there. But now I don't think it's going to be in the clear by the time they run it. Yeah. And you just got to make sure then if that is the case, make sure you put your GPS plot where you've buried your your uh, slab of beer, one per day per person. Make sure you don't lose those GPS plots because it'll be there next year. <laughs> and it may middle-age like fine wines, but you never know. But uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> look, the best way to stay up to date with all the news is to rev up your smartphone with the Driver's Seat app. It's available in the App Store, features podcasts, interviews and news. It is a must for all motorsport fans. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause here on the Driver's Seat. Back with more because we're going to open the doors to the classic cars corner. We'll do that next. Plus, Cameron Waters from Tickwood Racing joins us a little bit later on too. But you're listening to The Driver's Seat. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. It is great to have your company here on the driver's seat right across Australia. Thanks to our great mates at Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter and together we are building Australia. Keep your texts coming through. 0433981116 is our number. But guys, it's that time where we, we love to... We see the big doors of the Classic Cars Corner every single week and we always love to just crack them open a little bit. We don't always get the chance to, do we? No, we don't often get the chance to because with these four races in a row all the time and lots of news and ever-changing world, uh, we've got so much to talk about. But um, uh, we sat down during the week and... It's we, like a, we, this, this segment for me is like a kinder surprise. Yeah, I know. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> no, so we, I love uh, it. We sat down during the week and we placed a call and we've um, dragged the big man off the couch because, of course, he's COVID sitting at home in his COVID lockdown in Victoria. Uh, and we grabbed the big man and said, come on this week. Yep, it's certainly. So we've got to do it properly. Let's slide open the doors to the Classic Cars Corner. This is the Classic Cars Corner with Malcolm, Malcolm Owens, Owens for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Malcolm Owens, welcome back to the driver's seat. Good to hear your voice, brother. Good evening, and thanks for having me back. It's about time. It's something like I'm exactly doing terribly much sitting here in my little room all by myself. Can't go out, can't do anything. Unlike these yep. clowns up there in Queensland sitting there giving me calls from cafes and wanting to yeah. FaceTime me. Thanks a lot, Maddie. Love it's that good, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, you great. know, look, hey, in all seriousness, we send all of our love and prayers and support to everybody in Victoria. Um, you know, you, you just stated then outwardly uh, you've been sitting at home just on the couch not doing much um, I'd hate to think what you're watching on TV or on the computer and I'd actually hate to be thinking from a classic cars perspective what you've actually bought Ooh. your lovely wife probably Joe, is uh, probably none the wiser have you bought anything during lockdown don't tell us what don't tell us how much just a yes or no answer Malconio no Oh, oh, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe, maybe one. <laughs> I was there about to is. say there was a smoke alarm going off in the classic car's corner due to some pants uh, yeah, being on fire. But, um, <laughs> but look, Malcolm, we got you on board because we've got a, a very interesting topic here because uh, tonight's classic car's topic is cars you may not have known were made in Australia. Obviously, it's a rather sad time uh, considering the fact that I don't think there is any cars that are made in Australia right now, but uh, you thought you'd unleash a few unknowns to us. 
Yeah, well, being classic cars, there was a few manufactured through the years, back in the day, as they say, that were, I think, a little bit forgotten because we focus on the car manufacturing history of Australia really being centred around the Ford, Toyotas and Holdens. Uh, but there's some interesting lesser-known um, products that rolled out of some Aussie factories. So I thought I'd start with a, a couple that are, are lesser known and um, and then we'll have a bit of a discussion about a few others. We've got four or five that we can get through if we've got time. So mm-hmm. I'll start off with um, quite an unusual one is uh, 1965-66 Ford Mustangs. Strange one because Ford Australia Managing Director at the time was a guy called the name of, of Bill Burke. And he was a bit of an out there sort of a dude. And he was the guy that was responsible for bringing the Australian muscle car with the um, with a lot of the uh, early Fords and the 60s and the, the 351s. And and when um, Ford were launching the 66XR um, Falcon, he thought it would be a great idea to bring out some Mustangs and to convert them from right-hand drive to uh, for local sales. So he wanted a Ford Mustang at every Ford dealership sitting next to the new XR and had a sign that said the Mustang bred Falcon as a, as a, as a great marketing tool. Yeah, right. Originally, they'd planned to bring out about 400, but they bought out 161. They had um, all were a uh, 4.7 litre V8. And the important thing is mainly they were, they were more of a, a conversion than an actual build, but they did have Australian ID plates. And I've never seen one, never heard of one. So I guess they're out there somewhere, but uh, people probably don't know that there was a a limited number built in Australia. So would they be like, you know how coin collectors and stamp collectors is your normal stamps and then you've got like one or two or, or, a, or a run of a particular thing that is so valuable, so rare, it is the, the, it is the bit of gold in the river. Would, would one of those 161 Mustangs, if you had it, would that be worth just a ton of cash? I don't think so because it was really a conversion and it wasn't a, like a, a full build. And you have to say, well, it's been converted. So, but then most of the early ones were. So it really depend on condition. But I don't think it's going to add a whole lot of excitement to to someone buying it. And they're probably changing hands without people actually realising that they were um, built in Australia. Well, if, so do, if anyone out there does have one, text us. Let us know. Yeah, 0433981116. We'll pass on Malcolm's details in case he, uh, he wants to buy it off you. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to buy it off him. <laughs> I'd love to have a look, though. <laughs> hey, uh, moving on to something that's a little crazier is um, that Mercedes-Benz are actually built in Melbourne. There was a range of Mercedes-Benz built in the Melbourne factory that also assembled Toyotas and tractors at the same time, and they built a run of 7,500 of them. Way back when, we're talking 1953, and Canberra was getting a bit angsty on taxes and wanted to increase the taxes on fully imported cars, Mercedes came up with the idea to assemble the cars locally. So it teamed up with the Standard Motor Company, which is based in Port Melbourne, and that, that business eventually came into being the um, the Holden, Holden factory. And at the time, they were building British Standard Triumph models. So Mercedes sent most of the parts over from Germany in a kit with the engine and gearbox all ready for assembly. But then they had to source the local componentry because the whole idea to avoid the taxes was there had to be a certain percentage of locally produced or sourced or manufactured parts. So they had interior trim batteries, tyres, and they were painted in Melbourne as well. Wow. And um, so there is a, a short run of the 220Ss um, that were actually manufactured in Melbourne. And I guess a lot of people, again, may own them and not know that they were not fully imported from 
from Germany, and in that case, it probably would not add to the value of them as much as people <laughs> want the, the fully imported ones. So like they an IKEA Mercedes, in... you get a box, you get instructions, <laughs> and the guys just build it together and then put it on the showroom floor. Yeah, and some guy called Colin painting it you know, down, the, down the line in, uh, in Melbourne. So wow. that lasted till about 1965 when they couldn't meet the increasing quota, and I think they just gave up, imported them. And put the price up, um, which worked pretty well for Mercedes to be a more expensive car than uh, the locally produced stuff. So that, that was a, that one. I, I didn't expect that one. That was quite different. Another really crazy one is the Willis Willys Jeep. After um, World War Two, a few of them came to uh, Australia, and obviously they were um, left-hand drive, but they're still 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 popular. Yeah. So back in the 60s, you could have a Geelong-made Ford six-cylinder under the bonnet of your rugged Jeep, which was made in Queensland for a few years. I, yeah, so I've, got, was, um, I've got a, a sneaking suspicion, Mal, that that was made by a company called Performax, who ironically also tra- uh, sponsor my Trans Am team. But I think they were up in Gympie in Queensland and they were... They're still there, actually. I, 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 they're, they're certainly in Gympie. They're also in Brisbane. But I think they... I, th- I think I remember those Willys Jeeps. You could buy them. Amazing. Yeah, and um, funny thing, driving around in a US... Effectively, a US car, but it's being fitted with an early Falcon Strat 6. So that one, uh, that one's a bit different. Uh, probably my favourite one is the Volkswagen Beetle. Like the Beetles were coming to Australia uh, from the late 1953, and then 1954 uh, they started to assemble them in Clayton um, from the knockdown kit. So um, pretty much the parts would come over, same as what we talked about with the Mercedes, and um, and they'd be built up in Australia. The good thing for the Australian was that the the market the engine was upgraded, so it was slightly more powerful. And uh, the shift in the government policy, the same as what Mercedes was looking at to increase the local content. So by 1957, the Beetle was 51% Australian um, componentry and manufacturer. And that's when Volkswagen Australasia was formed in its own right. And they put a wow. huge investment into that Clayton factory that's still there now, is, um, or was HSV, still, still, I think, putting out Camaros now. The HSV and they began Beetle. Full <laughs> yeah, that's it. And they began full local manufacture, so from scratch, in um, in 1959, achieving 95% local content. So they stopped right. doing that in 1968, but obviously, as we know, the Beatles went on past that. So they went back to doing the knockdown kits after after that. So Volkswagen nuts, Beatles were made yeah. in the HSV plant. That's that's great. Do you know Sorry. the story behind the Beetle, Steve? Uh, do you know who designed it and and who brought it fir- out first? Helmet Beetle, <laughs> Dung Beetle, Dung Beetle, Rhino Beetle, uh, Christmas Beetle. Uh, no, it was uh, uh, Adolf Hitler, and it was um, it was the people's car. It was produced for the people's car for the world, essentially Germany, obviously, but then off into the world. And it was uh, originally discussed and designed with one Ferdinand Porsche. Porsche, yes. So there you and go. Volkswagen in people's car. Yes, people's good. car. There you go. Sorry, mate. Anyway, mm. go on. I interrupted a little history lesson there. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. We're used to it, Matthew. Um, so <laughs> from um, Volkswagen being built in the HSV plant, when, when they started to um, go off and, and um, the sales reduced, well, the next thing they started to build in there was Volvos. Can you believe it? Volvos. 
So oh, the operation oh, the old by, Yeah, yeah. So after the Beatles, as the sales dwindled, and this was about 1972, a deal was done to start producing Volvos. Um, so Nissan had taken over the plant in um, and was um, putting some full, full scale manufacturing into the facility. And one of those things that they were uh, subbing out was the Volvo 200 series, and there's quite a lot of them made right up until um, 1988. So they made about 65,000 Volvos in Melbourne. Well, so there you go. I am. I am utterly astounded at all that, Stevie J. I had no idea. I mean, obviously, Melbourne's a vehicle manufacturing town. They've got Altona and Geelong, and I think Toyota was... Broadmeadows Where was as Toyota? Well. Used to, used that to was it. Where was Toyota, Malcolm? It was. It um, started off in uh, Port Melbourne, but then it ended up going out to Altona. There you go. Okay, you so Altona, Altona and factory? Ford in Broadmeadows, Holden at Fisherman's Bend, all that kind of stuff. But Ford, I had no Ford idea. Engine. Sorry, mate. Ford engine plant. Ford engine plant was in Geelong, and then yeah. um, some manufacturing facilities, and then also over. Um, famously, there was the Elizabeth um, for Holden over in um, in SA as well. So, and and also up in, in Sydney as well. So it was pretty well spread across Australia for the for the main brands for sure. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Useless facts from the COVID laden <laughs> Malcolm Owens about <laughs> which cars were produced in Melbourne. That must have taken hours of research, Malconio. Uh, it took a little while, but um, a couple more if we've got time. The Datsun yep. 200B. And this was an example of a car that was manufactured in Japan, brought out here, and they basically got it wrong because um, the earlier models of the um, of the Datsun being the 1600 and the 180B were actually quite good cars and were used for rallying. But when they came out to Australia, they, wanted to, they had to put the local content and so they used the axles and the suspension and basically got it wrong. So they made an inferior car to what was previously here, whereas the other companies uh, tuned them up for Australian conditions, a bit more power and a bit more robust. And um, uh, they went the other way with, with the Datsun. So I had a Datsun 200B. One. My family had a Datsun 200B. It was like a mustard yellow colour. Uh, oh, so it matches your pants. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm well, wearing they're either mustard, They're either mustard or they're that blue, sky blue colour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, that was a great car. Um, anyway, move on. So yeah, so anyway, just to finish up, there are also some Renault 12s, uh, Chevy Belly, which was a really unusual one, which uh, Holden produced for a while for the local market, the Rambler wow. Javelin. And there was the Gogo Mobile as well, which was made locally. <laughs> and then a few Australian... <laughs> G-O-G-G-O. How's that for a marketing ploy? Didn't that work? Everyone knows that. Almost as good as not Happy Jam. It's almost as good as Frank Walker from National Tiles. (laughs) Sorry, Malcolm. Yes. Go on. Go, go, Mobile. No, no. no. It's your show. Um, (laughs) There are a couple of... um, smaller production cars that manufactured in Australia. If you remember the Purvis Eureka, which was more of a kit car that was built yes. on a, a Volkswagen Beetle um, frame, and there were quite a number of, but that was sort of the famous Australian one. There was the Bowl, which came out in the 60s, which was quite a nice car. Yeah. And my favourite, and I've never seen one, the Lightburn Zeta, which was made in a South Australian washing machine and cement mixer factory. Yeah, they didn't make many of those. Send us a text if you've got one. We want to know. Hey, was the was the Eureka built in Lilydale? 
I'm not sure whether it was. It was a Melbourne Cup. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure exactly where it was. I mean, they they still they look quite good, and then they were tuning them up. So um, there's still a few, you still see a few of those getting around some of the classic car shows around uh, around town. So uh, and then obviously coming out of the Volkswagen, there was there's been sort of Porsche copies and even some Ferrari copies that are done. Um, which kind of look like the car, but obviously don't sound or drive like the original. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a few, few of those knockoff cars, and then of course we had car companies building them, um, Cobra replicas, and, and those types of things. But some of the more mainstream cars that were built here, I certainly didn't know the extent of, um, and it was just sort of a bit of fun to find out. Well, I'll tell you one thing that we do need. We 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 can't talk about Gogomobiles without mentioning this classic ad. Yeah, I've got a problem with my Gogomobile, and I was wondering if G O G G O. You did well to pull that up quickly. Yeah, oh. Nimsy, nice work, son. Didn't you dive in there? Lightning well, fingers, Nims. Absolutely, mate. That was that was sensational. Mustangs, Mercedes, Willys, Jeeps, VW Beetles, Volvos, Datsun 200Bs, all produced locally in Melbourne. Amazing. Good research, Chevy Bel Air. Chevy Bel Air. Yep. Lovely oh, work right. there, Malcolm. Uh, there'll be uh, the we'll, you can send us an invoice for the your time spent yeah. in the library. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's all fun in lockdown. It's better than doing the work I'm supposed to be doing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all after hours, of course. We all we all nervously laugh at that as Kubota were our major sponsor. <laughs> yes, goodbye, Malcolm. Go back to work. But now. anyway, <laughs> hey, Malcolm, uh, we appreciate you just sliding up the doors to the Classic Cars Corner, and uh, we'll chat to you again same time next month. Thanks very much. See you later, guys. There we go. Boy. That was the Classic Cars Corner with Malcolm Owens. That was the Classic Cars Corner for Kubota, building Australia. We're going to take a quick pause of the course here on the driver's seat. Back with more straight after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. It's great to have your company on the driver's seat. We do it thanks to our great mates at Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, and together we are building Australia. Guys, when you talk about supercars veterans, uh, who are some of the big names that come to your mind? Steve Johnson. Retired veterans? My name's not going to be mentioned in there. Oh, when you say veterans still competing, Still competing, or- yeah. yeah. Oh, still competing. What? Winterbottom? Yeah, Winterbottom, yeah, Frosty, Jamie yeah. Wincup, yeah. Courtney. Courtney. Yeah, definitely JC. Yeah. There is one man who is, of course, the KG veteran of Tickford Racing. And yes, I know I said KG veteran in the same team that's got uh, James <laughs> Courtney and uh, Lee Holdsworth. But we got to welcome him with his proper intro. Please welcome the veteran of Tickford Racing, Cameron Waters. Oh, g'day, fellas. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Hey Cam, I just uh, I just started laughing then because I've got I've got uh, Townsville Super Sprint on at the moment in in our uh, little yeah, studio here oh, from yeah. last year, and as we were introing you, you took out Rick Kelly. <laughs> oh yeah, he probably deserved it though. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mate, let's talk yeah. Darwin. Um, happy, not happy with the weekend. Where do you stand on that? Uh. Look, I was pretty happy until obviously the last race, and um, yeah, we had pace all real weekend, and you know, good fight for podiums. I think every race, um, just you know, race one got it done, race two we didn't really get the best start, and, and race three we were thereabouts. But um, yeah, that contact with 
Jamie um, put us out. So overall, I was, I was pretty happy. We had a pacey car and, and we're up the right end of the field. So that was probably the main thing. Mate, you were you're up the front all weekend too. Obviously, podium up there as well. You know, it's been a reasonably solid last couple of weeks up there for you. Um, how did you go uh, with the you know the hard, soft, and the and then the one compound? Obviously, at Darwin too, I call it. Um, what, what did you what did you prefer out of those two? Um, I just preferred the one tire compound. Um, just simplifies the weekend and. Um, I find if you, you know, usually my strength is qualifying. So if you qualify well, um, you can usually get a pretty good result. And I felt with the, the mixed tyres, um, you know, you get people bolt on softs when you're on hards and, and put you back a few positions where you probably genuinely could have been. And, um, you know, the two SMPs and even Darwin one felt a little bit like that for me, just had the pace, but just didn't get the results. So, um, yeah, rocked up for Darwin too, the one compound, and, and got a podium in the first, you know, first race was um was pretty good. So, um, also my car probably works a little bit better on, on the one compound. So mm. yeah, overall I just like the the one basic compound. <laughs> so let's peel back the curtain a little bit. Let's just take a peek behind it, because um, Stevie J and I we talk about this dual compound or the single compound tyre, which we like more and whatever. And I like the single compound. I think it just gives you better racing. I think Steve's now sort of on that that track as well. Um, amongst the driver group, give me a percentage. Don't give me names, obviously, but a percentage-wise. who, what, what do you, Where do you think they sit? What favour? Do they like the dual compounds? Do they like the single compounds? Is it where they're positioned in the championship and, and or like, in the or, field, or in the much. field, what what's the general feeling amongst the driver group? Oh, I reckon sixty percent, seventy percent, like the you know the one tie compound, the basic rules, um, and then it's probably probably goes with championship position on on who likes <laughs> it and who doesn't. To be honest, and go, just going back to that um, that little touch, obviously you had with Jamie in race three, mate, that that looked like such a small bump. And it was devastatingly costly for you in the race. And is that something? Whatever broke on on that. I know you talked about obviously the steering levers on the upright broke. But is that something? Because I've seen a few things like this happen um, with the Pro Drive cars or the, yeah. you know, like I, I think I'm, I don't know. Is that is that something that is it different every time? Or is it, or is it a, a, just a coincidence that it's happening in the same sort of thing? Because sometimes it literally looks like you you hardly touch, and all of a sudden your front wheels all over the place. Yeah, it's um, it's well that that incident in particular was such a, a weak, you know, normal just racing really, and mm. um, we touched a little bit of wheel to wheel, and um, I think it tore the the clevis out of the upright. So, mm. um, it has started to become a bit of a problem for our our cars and our design and um, I think the team know that um, but you know we're on the road and um, you know the workshop's shut so it's probably yeah. not a great deal we can do about it right now so we um, you know there's lots of things we'd like to fix on our cars but yeah currently we, we can't so just have to make the most of the situation and um, just get on with it and, and hopefully we don't have to be passing cars yeah I mean because that, that sometimes you see you know, you see cars touching wheels or even leaping over wheels and cars lifting up in the air and and nothing happens and they're both okay to continue. But just sometimes it must be just that angle sometimes 
that you get on wheel to wheel, whether it's front wheel to wheel or rear wheel to your front wheel, um, it can it can just yeah. trigger that that one thing, can it? Yeah, it's um, slowly become a bit more of an issue, but it, I think it's you know the cars are when they hit wheel nut to wheel nut or they hit a wheel nut to spokes, they really do some damage, and it's just a bit of potluck, I think, as if you if you break something or if you don't, but um. Yeah, it is what it is. It, looking back on it, I probably wouldn't have done anything different on the weekend. I, I was trying to have a bit of a crack and, and have a good hard race with Jamie. And, um, you know, if we didn't hit wheel to wheel, it would have been a, a pretty cool battle. But just, um, yeah, just come off second best. Um, Cam, I know we talk about tongue-in-cheek that you're the cagey veteran of Tickford. Uh, you've got a new teammate there in James Courtney, former champion, you know, obviously an older guy is in his forties now. What's, how's his influence been on the team? Has he sort of slid in there quite nicely and no one's, you know, batted an eyelid and it's been pretty seamless or has it taking a while for all of that to gel? How's his introduction to, to Tickford been? Yeah, JC is um, yeah, fitting in really well. It's been, been good to have him come on board and, He's got a lot of experience, obviously, in, in this category and, and motor racing. So um, it's good just to get, you know, another another person to, to come in, have a look and, you know, drive the cars and see what they, they feel. And you probably realise, you know, what your cars do really good or bad at times as well. So um, probably took him a round or, or two to, to get up to speed. Um, S&P isn't the, the easiest track to drive um, the best of times. So, yeah, I think he had a, a much better Darwin and, um, yeah, the, the driving group at Tickford's been, well, it is quite good, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. And I think, you know, we we talk again, we look forward to the Enduro. I'm not going to say Enduros because <laughs> it's going to be Enduro. The Pertec um, Enduro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it's going to be. Um, Teammate-wise, uh, co-driver-wise, announced, not announced, who do we think it's going to be? Um, yeah, well... We haven't announced who will be driving with who, so yeah, um, yeah, can't really say too much. I assume. Oh, I mean, I there assume, we go. I assume. I mean, Brock Feeney's obviously been announced with JC. Oh, I, I, so if if I'm a betting man, Moffat and Davison, Will Davison. Yeah, yeah. I, I, who do you reckon? Who would you? Who would you? Just, just Cam. No one's listening, of course. Just between us three here, not on live radio in Melbourne. <laughs> no, really. Nothing at all. Like who that, would yeah. you like? Who would you like? Because you got to pick up some oh, damn oh. good drivers. They're all. All bloody good, our co-drivers. So, oh, um, mate, yeah. get the I don't, I don't care who I get. I'll be happy, I'm a, mate. If I'm a betty man, if I'm a betty man, I'd reckon Robbo will go with Lee because there's a bit of history there. Yeah, so, and um, the same size, same no, size. No, so I've got a bit of history with Robbo. Like, there you go. You know, we drove together last year. You and did, yeah. If it wasn't for good one mate. C Mostert, you probably he, would have he, done pretty well last year. Yeah, he won't have to wear the blocks on his shoes this year. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, if I'm a betting man, I'm, I reckon, I reckon Will Davo and Cam would be a very good team. It's a, well, you've you've teamed up with uh, Will Davo before, Steve, and uh, you've you've uh, netted a Bathurst, a Bathurst podium there too. So he knows what he's doing. He does, and he's obviously won one. Is he won once or twice? Twice, twice. twice. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know he's. He's solid, and I rate Will. So I reckon Will, Will and Cam show would be uh, if a if very, it happens. Very, if, if it happens, would yeah. be a very very solid uh, solid partnership there. Yeah, we're we're purely talking in hypotheticals here, Cam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey mate, before we let you go, uh, I happen to see on the socials that uh, 
you actually took to a sprint car while you're up at the top end. Now, I know from uh, my time in WA, uh, fuel-burning, mud-churning action is just something that goes off every single Saturday night. But uh, was that your first time in a sprint car? Uh, second time in a sprint car. So, um, yeah, first time. It was actually Darwin last year. Um, I drove one of the local guys' cars. And, um, yeah, this time my personal sponsor, Colin McQuinn, um, organised it for me, so you knew I was up here or up in Darwin doing not much. So he he organised me a steer, so that was pretty nice of him. But um, yeah, so much fun to drive the you know the F1 on dirt pretty well, and so much grunt and, and just so raw. So um, had a lot of fun driving that. The wings on those things are unreal, aren't they? I mean, I've driven one at Archerfield, and it was it was a bit daunting because it's so narrow there, and the walls right next to you, but. Um... To, to go into a corner so hard and to just sort of, you still got to be smooth, but to half throw it sideways and trust that that wing's just going to hold you is it's something else, isn't it? Once you get once you get the feel of it, it's pretty uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess um, speedway the track changes so much. So start of the night, um, you know, very slippery. Then it gets really really grippy. You'd have more grip than what you would on the asphalt. Then it goes slippery. But um, I guess with a sprint car, it also changes so much. You know how much corner speed you can carry and is, is how effective the wing works and um my first run when it was wet it was you know the wing wasn't working much but then once it, it gripped up the wing was doing so much um you actually half get a sore neck from um you know how much corner speed and g-forces you pull so yeah they're incredible how effective they work and um how quick they go on on dirt well, it looked like a lot of fun there, Cam. But, uh, mate, we'll let you go because I know there's a fight you probably want to be watching right now. But, um, <laughs> but mate, all the best at uh, Townsville in this uh, doubleheader. You did pretty damn well last year grabbing pole and also netting some silverware. And hopefully we can see you on the top step this uh, this doubleheader. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And um, let's hope I can get another trophy. There you go. Cam Waters there from Tickwood Racing. It's great to have your company on the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota Building Australia. And just a reminder, too, about the driver's seat app. Occasionally, you'll get uh, an exclusive interview, but you get all of our shows there first. And Steve, a gripper chat with your old man, Dick Johnson. Uh, an absolute legend, uh, but you already know that. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, no, well, the... oh you're talking about Dad. Oh, yeah, I'm oh. just a <laughs> but um, but uh, the, the thing I really enjoyed about that chat was, uh, one, DJ was just completely honest there. Uh, it was no holes barred. Not like he was saying anything controversial, but it was just literally a bloke speaking from the heart. And uh, it was a really great insight. And um, we'll, we'll play it for you uh, towards the end of the show, just so you can get a little hint of it. But um, a very, very good chat, Steve. So well done to you. Oh, thanks, mate. It was the first time in... I guess that was just an off-the-cuff thing that we did. Dad and I were in the studio recording a couple of things for one of our good sponsors at uh, at uh, Lanham Ford at Leeton there. Stuart, for, mm-hmm. oh, for where's, their, where's the, the uh, cash where's register the sound? The cash register? Oh, there it, there is. it is. Yeah, so we were just doing a few uh, recordings for, for them, um, for their phone system. You know, when you're on hold, you'll hear Dick and Steve Johnson talking. It'll make you want to buy a Mustang. Anyway. <laughs> or fall asleep. Or, and or, or fall asleep. Yourself, either way. Uh, yeah, and we had a bit of fun. And then just for whatever reason, um, it, we went into a, a bit of an interview style thing. And it was just a off-the-cuff thing. Um, and it actually turned out pretty good, I thought. So uh, not that I've heard it, but it was actually quite funny. And we had a bit of a laugh. And... 
And uh, yeah, it would be be interesting to hear what it come out like later yep. on, Nimsy. Yeah, give it a, give it a listen. Uh, you can do it now on the driver's seat app. It's good to go. But uh, guys, here's something that we need to do. It is, of course, the driver's seat power rankings. This is the driver's seat power rankings. Basically what it is, very simple. It's kind of like the Brownlow medal or the Dallium. Matt and Steve dish out some votes. 3-2-1 for drivers after each round. Let's have a look at the rankings after the Bet Easy Darwin Triple Crown. So we're heading, we'll give our grades for the core staff not Darwin Triple Crown, uh, but uh, it is <laughs> Scott McLaughlin. Geez, you're slick. That was really well done, mate. <laughs> oh, <I know> <laughs> core staff Darwin Super Sprint, I think is what you're... That's the one, the course. I, I remember the sponsor, but I was just like, oh, what was it? A super... Now, I'll tell you what it was. The core staff, not the Triple not Crown. Not the Triple Darwin. Crown. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Scotty McLaughlin sits on top with 14 votes. Eight votes go to Nick Perkett. Will Davison still doing well for a bloke that hasn't raced since Adelaide. Six votes... Uh, to Wilbur, five votes to Fabian Coulthard, three votes to Jamie Wincup, Anton Di Pasquale, Todd Hazelwood as well, two votes to SVG and one vote to Cameron Borders, Lee Holdsworth and Jack LeBrock and Scotty Pye. So we'll start off with you, Stephen. It's, this one's hard, isn't it? I mean, it was hard. because I actually haven't really had a, watched a, it. a massive... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I watched it. I watched it. But um, to pick... I've got my one and two, as in like, sorry, my my three-pointer and my two-pointer. Mm-hmm. The one-pointer is a bit hard because there was so many different people. You know, it was good to see Cam Waters up there from the weekend before how they had a disaster weekend. It was actually good to see SVG up there. Jamie was fast. He was up there. You know, Shane got pole position there on our A pole on Sunday. So it was, it was I'm going to give it to Shane. I'm going to give it to SVG. Just for the fact of the turnaround from mm. – he was P nowhere. Like, the, he was struggling in Darwin 1, and uh, which was the Triple Crown Nimsy, just letting you know. That's the one. And, <laughs> but um, they, they made an engine change, and, and, you know, he came back. And, like, for any money in the world, I would never have thought that SVG was going to get pole on uh, in a race on the Sunday. Yeah, but it was all engine. But no, I mean, it, but they was, didn't know was, that the engine was rubbish the day before they did the the engine change, and then he came out and was like whip quick. Yeah, but he's, yeah, but it's still uh, st- you know it's the performance on track regardless so of I the shouldn't ins deba- and outs. I shouldn't debate your three two ones. I do apologise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, on, stop looking at my let's sheet. Just wait and see God, yours. Is that how you got through to year twelve? <laughs> did you even get through year twelve? Oh, absolutely, okay. I did. Oh yeah, on to two. Anyway, can I finish my <laughs> my power rankings? Thank you very much. I'm going to give two points to Scotty Pie. He, he did a sensational job. Mm-hmm. To uh, podiums on Sunday, and and he was he's been fast the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's been fast the whole time, and I'm going to give three to Scott McLaughlin because honestly, how could you not? I yeah. mean, it's just agreed. How could you not? It's it was a uh, like over the weekends, two weekends, the Triple Crown and the not Triple Crown. Yep. Um, <laughs> triple you know, crown. six <laughs> six six races, uh, six qualifying sessions. He was. Uh, what was he? He was four pole positions um, out of the six. He was six front row starts. He was four race wins out of six. I mean, honestly, it's yeah, red hot. That's almost as good as you know. It's almost like the Triple Crown was on the wrong weekend. Mm, mm. I totally agree. And why? Because of this consistent tyres. It was one tyre, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the silly. 50-50 tyre, hard, soft, 
thing that they keep going on with anyway. Here's, uh, here's uh, one on the right text on. line from Merv. Well done, Scott Pye. Great time to find good form. And Frosty, so close, getting a long overdue podium. I've lost count of how many fourths Frosty has finished a race in. True. He yeah, does, well, doesn't true. he? Yeah, very true. <laughs> Loves a fourth at the moment. Loves a fourth. Uh, so I, I will go very quickly. I'm going to give Nick Percat one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Scott Pye two because, again, because it was... Did you a, look at my sheet? No, because it was a consistent... <laughs> I can't see your sheet from where I'm sitting. <laughs> I'm that blind. Um, that was genuine pace. It was yep. consistent tie, same tie. It was genuine, genuine, consistent pace. Great pit stops from the crew as well. So they put together a really great weekend. So really good for Shepherd's Pie to be there. Uh, so he got two. And then same with you, Scotty Mack. What can you... I mean, you just... How could you not? Just class above. Just class, Absolute level above. Didn't see much of him all weekend because he was too far out the front. And can I give an encouragement award to Lex Kelly? Who, oh, the little was, fellow who did the little brilliant. interviews. Rick Kelly's young. I mean, if he is not the Aaron Noonan, Neil Crompton of the future, doesn't want to be a race car driver... Red hot with the microphone. He's about five how years good, of age. Well, how good was his questions to Chaz Moster? Yeah. What's going on with your hair, mate? <laughs> yeah. I love the other one. And what, what about the other one? Uh, why do you keep crashing into your teammate? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the kids, zero filter. It was lovely. So good to see him there. Good to see Kelly had his whole family in the, in the caravan up there. I think that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, three, Scott Mack, Shepherd's Pie for two, Nick Percat for the single. There you go. That was the driver's seat power rankings. We're gonna, we'll touch a bit more on Scott McLaughlin a little bit later in our Bendix Breaks big moment. But you are listening to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota, Building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota, Building Australia. Right now, it is time for our Bendix Breaks big moment. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Brakes big moment. Bendix, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. Yeah, when you want cleaner wheels, fit Bendix Brakes. Uh, probably the big moment that happened over the weekend. Uh, Scott McLaughlin passed Peter Brock on the all-time winners list. Uh, 49th career race win at Hidden Valley on Saturday to move one clear of Brocky before adding a 50th and a 51st win on a Sunday. So uh, a very, as we mentioned, a clean sweep at the Core Staff Darwin Super Sprint. Uh, yes, but we also have to keep all of that in perspective because, you know, when Brocky was doing his racing and winning, there was nowhere near as many races, standalone races, as what we mm. have now. So um, he's gotten there very, very quickly. Um, you know, I think from a – if you're going to do a Brock comparison, if Scotty can get to nine Bathurst wins, he'll be pretty good. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah, hey, look, there is a list. I think if you go on – yeah, you can't go on numbers and that sort of stuff, but um, he is clearly going to be considered one of the all-time greats. He's, odds on he's going to go to a three-time champion this year, Stevie J. Um, and I think if he doesn't go to America and he hangs around on current form, he might even be a four-time champion. That puts him in the pantheon, doesn't it? That's, he's up there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very impressive. And I guess what does put it into perspective and I hate harping on this is it is a two car team and mate he is uh, you know it would be demoralising being Fabian Oh, it'd be horrible. You know, it yeah, would be yeah. horrible because... Well, I mean, he's a good-looking rooster with great hair and yeah. a beautiful family, but, he, but, but on Scotty the racetrack, it'd be sucked. It is so... It, he has improved and polished every aspect of his 
motor racing. That means off track, on track, starts, pit stops, out laps, in laps, you name it. Um, he's done it. Quali laps, yeah. race laps, tyre degradation, saving. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Like the, how... You know, you treat your race car, you know, how you can coach your race car and, and be easy on your race car, be fast, you know. So it's just, it's just incredible what he's done. And, and whatever he does in the future, um, you know, he will do the same thing in that, whether it be IndyCar, whether it be NASCAR. Yep. He will do the same thing there. He will study it um, day and night, apply. apply himself, and he will get the most out of himself and that machinery, and it will be on the top of its game. And build a team around him. Absolutely. I mean, the team love him. He's he's it would be like being Valtteri Bottas for Fabian right now, uh, besides seven time world champion Lewis Hamilton. I mean, it would be a very difficult mm. place to be in the realm of the sport. Right, we're all in difficult places right now, and you could say, "Oh, mate, he drives a supercar. Come with that, can't be mm. that hard." But in the in the in his world, in his chosen profession, it would be very difficult to do that. Do you think he should? I mean, we're jumping off we're jumping off the Scotty train at the moment. But do you reckon Fabian should just go somewhere else? Well, it's hard I mean, to know. if it were you, if it were you, would you want to be consistently pantsed by your teammate, or would you prefer to go and be like an equal number one somewhere else, like Tickford or somewhere like that, where you can actually shine within that team? Yeah, it's yeah. personally like you. You're in one of the best cars in the field in mm. the best team. So why would you move? But. You know, because you're getting flogged every week. Yeah, weekend. but maybe the application needs to be a bit more intense. You know what I mean? Maybe you got to change things. Like, like there's obviously things that are not working. Uh, he needs to get the best out of himself. He needs to get the best out of his mind. The mind game is is very big, and I think that really. Um, you know, I think there can be more done in that aspect to lift the game in car 12 and to be constantly, you know, even if he is getting pants, be on his hammer, you know, be on his hammer week in, week out, finish P2 every week. Who cares? You know, I mean, that's much better than can one car. Him? Well, he has in the past. Like he has in the past, last, last year, on, yeah. On genuine pace, on genuine tyre quality, no accidents, not getting taken out. Is Fabian capable of beating Scott McLaughlin in exactly the same car? If he didn't have exactly a lock-up on, uh, if he didn't have a lock-up on the yeah. Sunday, he probably would have. Yeah, well, he but, he did, but he did, that's the thing, that's, that's the thing, what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Is he, because you don't see Scotty locking up, you don't see Scotty flying off. And it, and this is not a bash Fabian session, I'm just surmising here, is, can he beat him? He's obviously... Great guy, but I don't think he's in the realm of Scotty Mack. It's hard. I don't. If you if you're talking both of them on the same day with their A game, yep. everything. Yep. Oh no. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think so. I think it'd be. I think he'd be right there or close with sure. him, but sure. I don't on think he could beat him. You don't think he'd beat him? But um, either way, it's uh, provides an interesting debate because we've got to have a got a couple of texts on the old text machine, but we'll get to that in just a tick and wrap it all up. But you, that was our Bendix breaks big moment. You're listening to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. 
Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. And one of the great things about our Wednesday night show is uh, we love your live feedback. Uh, two texts on the old text machine. Once again, leave your name, guys, because uh, I don't want to read out your phone numbers. So um, uh, the first one here is the man's on top of his game. Scotty's making everyone look bad. <laughs> so I wholeheartedly agree, whoever wrote that. That's, yep, that's, he really is. That's fair enough there. And one more of the texts. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this one, but it says, I like Fabs, but when the other team has two of the best drivers in the field, it really puts DJRTP on the back foot for the team's championship. It shouldn't be as close as it is. Fabs really needs to start getting further up the grid. Yes, I agree with that he does. I think he knows that too. Mm. Um, That will be an internal discussion at DJRTP that he needs to lift. But doesn't everyone everyone from Brad Jones Racing down to Matt Stone Racing Red Bull, everyone goes out there to go, you know what, I need to be further up in the grid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah everyone except Jack Smith. Um, but uh, I think... <laughs> Steve Johnson, that's not very nice. Um, yeah, I don't think about being unfair when two of the other best drivers are, are in another team. The Bulls, I'm assuming, we're talking about Jamie Wincup and SVG. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just great recruiting, isn't it? You know, no one no one blues up about how the Melbourne Storm have the best fullback and the best hooker and the best this or in AFL has the best full forward and the best ruckman and whatever. So, I mean, they've just recruited well and they've got two bloody good drivers. Um, I think the bottom line is, and Steve, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, Fabs has just got to get better. He's got to do a better job. He has. got the same car. I, I'm assuming he's got the same car. We often say that in number two seats, they don't get the best kit, they don't get priority. I, I'm not convinced that that happens within JRTP. I think he gets the same kit. He's got a brilliant engineer with um, uh, against in Steve's, in Steve's, in Scotty's side, in Ludo. But car-wise, it's the same bit of kit. Yeah, it is. It's the same. It's the same everything. There's no number one and number two in that team. No. As there isn't in there's teamwork in in the team, so that they'll they'll manage the drivers on track or of if they run on one two or whatever. Yes. We've seen yep. that, yep. Because then they don't want to put Take themselves out, into the Jeb's championship. Absolutely, yep. Get that. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard because you know. There is no number one and two, as I just alluded to, in DJR Team Penske, as there isn't in uh, Red Bull Holden Racing Team. Um, but it's perceived to be that way because of just how dominant one driver is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And but I don't think it is. It's not. Absolutely not. It's, it's not just, how that team operates. No, not at all. It's got to be like saying SVG and Jamie Wincup, one gets a, a lesser degree of, of kit than the other. It just doesn't happen that way. That's why you see the two of them often duking it out at the front. Um, fabs, and we love him, but he's just got he's just got to get better. He's just got to come up the grid. Yeah, a bit more. I mean, you see weekends where... J-Dub's got it over SVG yep. and you've got other weekends where SVG's got it over J-Dub. Yep. You don't often see you don't often see Fabs have it over Scotty Mac much at all. So let me, as we wrap up, Nimsy, I know we've got to go, but if we ask that question to Fabian, how would he answer it? Would he answer it that he thinks he gets the equal? Would he answer oh, it that he's got to stop oh, left foot one, braking and go to right foot 100%, braking? 100%. 100%. Yeah, okay. I just think that... You know, maybe there's a small or a very slight lack of not not wanting to go out of his comfort zone in regard to his driving style and this and that. Right. 
possibly. You know, okay. and, I, and I'm not, I'm not involved in that team in any way. This no, is no, just no. what yeah, I'm no, seeing from the outside in, from the racing, all that sort of thing. I just, it's, it's hard to, to fathom that you wouldn't try to change if something else is clearly working amazingly well for one bloke. And here's a great example of that, Nimsy, before we wrap up, when Jamie Wincup joined Craig Lowndes. Jamie Wing at Triple Eight, Jamie Wincup all those years ago had to change his driving style more towards uh, Lowndes' driving style. And once he did that and perfected it, we didn't see hide nor hair of Jamie. He was gone seven times champion. Yeah. So you're saying that maybe Fabian might have to uh, adapt his driving style more towards a Scotty Mac type driving style, which will get the most out of the car and vault him up the grid. Mm. So, as you say, it's out going outside the comfort zone. I'd love to see him do it. I'd love to see him up there. Well, we we might see that at Townsville. We might not see it at Townsville. But either way, uh, the, the good thing about having a back to back round as well is, you know, the stuff that might not have worked at uh, Townsville one, you could rectify that, and then next weekend you can have another crack. And which is what I think a lot of teams did at Darwin. Well, it was also tyres. Hate to, hard to hate to harp on about it. It's tyres. As we wrap and up, know, and in fact, I haven't even seen what the tyre rule is for this weekend. Whether it's hard and softs or it's just softs, don't well, know. Whatever it is, we'll uh, bring it to you live next Wednesday night here on the driver's seat. But uh, yeah, this has been another big edition of the driver's seat, boys. We've got two more races left in the double double header, so uh, we better wrap them up next week. Yeah, absolutely, we do. Yeah, Townsville this weekend, Townsville next weekend. Then hopefully, as I say. Queensland Raceway. Wonder but when, we'll wonder when the doubleheader at Queensland Raceway is going to be announced. Mm, don't know. There we go. Hopefully, don't know, hopefully, hopefully soon because I want to know whether I can race there or not. <laughs> so I'm hoping soon. Can we open the borders just a little bit, please, to Queensland, New South Wales, so I can get my car up here? Just please. A, just a smidge. Just a smidge. Yeah, just a smidge. Just for a day. I only need a day. In fact, I only need an hour. Just give me an hour. <laughs> to cross the border and I'll make sure the cars are in the window in the truck and across the border there you go well hopefully we can get that job done but uh, we do it thanks to our great mates at Kubota together we are building Australia we'll catch you next week on the driver's seat want to witness the world's biggest football game head to iCanWin.com.au predict Australia's score with a crystal ball and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's Maccas together and loving it TNCs apply